Gather round and join KPA for this week's safety meeting, the podcast that makes you smarter about current trends and best practices in workforce safety. Today, we'll be talking to Malango Akpo Asambe and Sean Smith. Malango is the lead animator on the training team for KPA, with 16 years of experience in animation in 3D graphics, motion graphics, media arts, and graphic design in the training space. Sean is the product director of training and content at KPA, with 25 years of experience developing training in multiple industries. Thank you both for being here today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. So let's jump in. I want to understand how real-world scenarios and examples impact training and retention and engagement. Can you share some ideas companies can use to incorporate these examples into their training materials? Yeah, so I agree. Real-world and relatable content can make a really big positive impact on training and stronger engagement equals better understanding and use of the information and concepts. There are several different approaches. Um, So I have a couple examples, but there are definitely more. There's just so many ways I feel like you can really make content engaging and interesting using real world scenarios and examples. The first one we call incident recreations or case studies. But when you walk the learner through incidents and near misses that have occurred, especially if they are from the same or similar industries, the learner can put themselves in those situations and think about how they would have reacted or avoided the incident, which I think can be really powerful. Another example would be employee stories or interviews. In that case, you can interview somebody who had a close call or even an injury or a family member or a coworker who was present. And when you hear what happened from somebody that was actually there or directly affected, it really can help to engage the learner. And it helps them see how real it is and how an accident or an incident could affect their lives or their coworkers or their family. And that's really what we're trying to do with this type of content is make an impact, is help them understand it and feel it so that they can put it to work for them as well. I think the third that I'll mention within this group is simplifying concepts and using supporting visuals. Training can be overwhelming. It can be extremely helpful to boil things down to simple acronyms or a few steps and support that information with visuals like images, videos, diagrams, motion graphics, things that can really help them see it and understand it in a much simpler way. And so we really try to think about that when we're developing training. And I think that's the important thing is following a process. It can be a simple process, but when you're creating training or you're choosing training that you want to use, you want to understand what it is you're trying to get across and try to simplify it as much as possible so that you know it can actually break through. And that's what we always focus on. Yeah, those sound like some great ways for companies to be able to bring more stick to into their trainings. And speaking of making these trainings stick, how important is repetition in reinforcing the messages that you're sharing in your training and promoting these behavioral changes? Yeah, I think it's very important when trying to convey and reinforce a message or kind of promote a behavioral change. I think repetition just helps learners better understand information. Kind of hearing and seeing key messages repeated in materials, I think like documents, video content, like Sean said, incident recreations. I think all of these help employees remember when they are in a future situation. 
I think when it comes to positive behavior change in the context of safety and compliance, I think it's major. I think repetition over time can help establish new habits and modify existing habits. Even in the context of cultural and organizational change, I think it's huge. The last point I'll make on that is I think in general, humans, we forget information over time and our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. So as more and more information comes to us, And as we live in a world where over time we just become comfortable in our day to day, I think repetition is very important. And also to that point, I think it's not just repetition for the sake of repetition, but a variation of repetition, meaning kind of having a very strong balance between key points and messages while still maintaining a level of engagement and interest. I think that combined can really just help refresh our memories and keep us focused. Absolutely. Making sure that those messages are refreshed throughout their time is super important. Do you think that there are any specific tactics or timing that can help reinforce these key takeaways? Yeah. So just reiterating to what I said before about a variation and a balance between key points and maintaining a level of engagement and interest. With that being specific, I think that there's no specific timing to that. But I think the variation combined with that definitely helps. So in having different variations, like we said, with incidents, interviews, video content, interactives, quizzes, that variation combined with the key points and the level engagement, I think that all contributes to the specific tactics. Absolutely. Those are some great tips to make sure that we get these training messages to stay in these people's minds, which is just one of the many hurdles that you see in keeping these trainings engaging for people and making sure that they actually are impactful. And speaking of hurdles when it comes to training, I know that so many of KPA's customers have employees whose first language is in English. What have you seen work well when developing training programs for diverse workforces? Yeah, that definitely can be a challenge. You have a lot of different employees, you know, within an organization. First, I would focus on simplifying the concepts you're teaching and use plain language. Avoid using extremely technical terms that might not be understood by all learners. I think that's like the very first place you want to start is making sure that you're just keeping it to what needs to be taught and saying it in a way that they can understand it. Secondly, I'd say, you know, make instructions as clear and concise as possible. Breaking things down into steps helps a lot, especially in cases where you might have something that you can laminate or put on the wall or put it across the whole area that somebody's working in when there are those simple, repeatable steps that they need to follow, especially when they're doing things that can be high risk or extremely dangerous. You can use visuals to support understanding and avoid them if they overcomplicate the explanation. That's one thing I've, over the years, you know, I love motion graphics. I love really good visual explanations of things through simple images, but sometimes those can be overly complicated and you want to avoid the overly complicated that where someone has to spend 10 minutes just trying to understand this image. So you want to keep it simple. And then this was sort of obvious, probably should have been first, honestly, but is 
offer training in multiple languages. If you have a workforce of many employees that speak Spanish as their first language, you can offer it in Spanish, which helps a lot. I'd still follow those same concepts. Try to make things clear and concise, use plain language, but having it available in the languages that your employees speak, especially when there's a large number of employees that speak that language, can be a really easy way to help make sure your training is being impactful. Use examples and scenarios that are relevant and relatable to your employees and provide opportunities for practice and feedback to allow them to confirm their understanding. I think that's really important. Offering ongoing support and additional information and training is also pretty related to that practice and feedback, but you want to just give them the opportunity to use what they've learned. And also it's really great if you can have a way as the person responsible for it to validate and verify that they understood. We talk about it a lot here, but for me, micro training is excellent for that. And so you'll hear us talk about micro training a lot when you've got a long format topic that you have to cover every year required as a refresher training, you often can't make that too short. It has to cover the things it needs to cover. It might be 10 minutes. It might be 15 or 20 minutes. That will be what it is. But if you're seeing that there are issues occurring or warning signs, that's a great opportunity, I think, to use and find content that is shorter and helps, like Malango said, really in a repeatable way, lets those employees just think about it more and let it process. And the one other thing I'll add is when you're in a situation where an incident's going to occur, we've seen it time and time again with live incident footage and camera security footage and that sort of thing. The thing that always stands out to me when I see these incidents occur from minor to major incidents is how fast it happens. It's so fast. And the way to avoid these situations is to basically have that knowledge at the top of your mind in order to allow you to avoid it in the first place. Because once it starts, it happens so quickly, it's very hard to respond to it. So seeing that you're putting yourself in a situation where you could be injured or someone else could be injured, training will help you prepare for identifying those situations and avoiding them. But it can be very difficult when you're having to react for really anything to help you very much in that situation because it goes so quickly. So that's why we really recommend preparing your employees on the proper ways to do things to help them avoid being in the situation in the first place. Absolutely. And all of those are really great tips in terms of making sure that things are accessible and are going to be staying in their minds. But to circle back to one thing that you said specifically, Sean, you mentioned that accessibility with graphics and making sure that there are visuals to go along with the training. Malango, can you, with your expertise, tell us a little bit more about how companies can use the technology to enhance their training programs and make them more accessible and effective for those employees? Yeah, I think technology integration is a very interesting topic. I know that there's younger people getting into the workforce, and as older people exit, I think any company that can implement effectively utilizing technology in their training has a huge leg up. To Sean's point about microcontent, I think the addition on with microcontent is using it as with mobile learning, either in apps or short videos where people can take them with them either for people who work remote or field-based teams. I think that is a huge integration of technology. Within KPA, we also use course training and video-based training, which are great ways of conveying, again, 
multimedia content, interactive content and quizzes, having incident recreations and near misses, including interviews. And there's other technology integrations that I think are very exciting. Gamification is one that I think is huge. Ways of adding either points, badges, leaderboards, anything that activates the employee to kind of complete a training or just gamifying that by adding those elements into the training, I think are huge. And VR and AR, it's a newer technology, but we are seeing it more and more. And just the idea of immersive training experience that is made to kind of simulate real world scenarios, I think this is all interesting stuff that can be more accessible and really effective in trying to help employees use technology. Fantastic. Yeah. And I know that speaking on the employee experience is a super important part of all of this and safety is the most important part. But like a lot of facets of business, you know, some senior leaders are typically wanting to understand the return on investment and what that looks like to start up or continue a training program. What are some metrics or methods that businesses can use to measure the ROI of their training programs? Yeah. So I think everybody knows incidents and injuries are extremely expensive. I mean, it's not just on the financial side, but also the morale and overall safety culture is affected so much when someone's injured. So reducing the number of incidents and near misses over time is one metric that I would definitely look at. But I also think it's a little harder to look at, but safety culture is also very important and should be measured. And improvements in employee engagement and satisfaction can make a huge impact on overall safety and I believe really drive those numbers down. I think it's also critical to understand where you are right now and set reasonable goals. So understand your learner's current knowledge and skills and utilize training that will help them get to the expected level in a reasonable amount of time. Quantitative information like training reports and analytics are extremely helpful. Engaging where you are with training are really good to help to measure that ROI. But I also recommend some qualitative evaluations like interviews, focus groups, case studies to gain insight on the impact of the training on the employee morale, motivation, and the organization's culture overall. That's great, Sean. Thank you. Can you share some examples of companies that you've worked with that have seen huge benefits from their training programs? Yeah, great question. So over the years, we've had the opportunity to work with our clients on several initiatives from very small to pretty large. One that we're currently working on is for a client that has had some serious injuries over the last year that seem to be related to each other. They identified like these all seem pretty related and they came to us and basically they walked through those incidents with us. The incidents were all line of fire related. A line of fire injury is an injury that occurs when someone is on the path or in the path of a moving object or there's a release of hazardous energy and the employee or is struck by by that object or energy. So basically in the wrong place at the wrong time, it's all about awareness. And so these injuries can be caused by a variety of things, falling objects, flying debris, machinery, malfunctions. And the client reached out to our team and we reviewed those incidents. And based on what we reviewed and how they were wanting to approach it, we recommended that they develop a training series specifically on line of fire. Although this concept is covered well in general training topics like machine guarding, we felt like you really needed to, number one, help 
all of the employees understand what it is and how they can identify situations where they might be in the line of fire. And so we are producing a series of micro trainings that they'll be able to use over several months to help drive the key concepts home for their employees. We're doing this with video, graphics, incident animations, really all the things that we kind of described before and mixing them up. I think that's really important, getting interactions in some places, interviews in some places, along with the incident recreations, you know, can really help micro content feel like a variety, like a difference. So you're not just watching the same thing over and over. So we're trying to do that within this project as well. I love that Malanga's on this podcast because his team's been super involved in this particular project and really projects where we need to find creative ways to make impactful content. The animation team is a huge help for our overall training development approach and allows us to really do that. So far, we've released the first of the training topics and the feedback from the client's employees has been extremely positive. They feel like they're understanding it better and they're really able to apply it to their day-to-day work, which is the goal. That's some great insight, Sean. It sounds like it's a really awesome, innovative time for training. And I know, Sean, we've asked you this in the past. So Malango, it's your turn. What are you most excited about regarding the future of training? Oh, man, how much time do we have? Um, (laughs) Yeah, so when it comes to future trends, I'll highlight two sectors that I really am very interested in and excited about. So VR, AR, mixed reality is one that we started dabbling in last year. For us specifically and the team that's working on our VR projects, we really want to push that experience to make it a lot more immersive. We kind of really want people to walk away with an emotional feeling to the experience that becomes more of like a talking point that contributes to the learning and the retention that's backed by our training. So an example of that would be if you're riding the roller coaster, we don't want you to have a step-by-step of you stand in the line, you get on the roller coaster, you ride the roller coaster, and then you get off. We really want people to leave that training with, yeah, I rode the roller coaster and it was wow. So. That's a big thing we're pushing for on VR. With AR and mixed reality, I just see the future looking much like something that it's more of a companion, much like a hammer or your wrench, where as you're doing work, you're getting real-time feedback and information at whatever you're looking at. So if you're working underneath a car or you're replacing a pipe or you're operating on heavy machinery, that's just another tool in your kit that is helping you complete that task safely. And then the other big thing is AI and MI, machine learning and artificial intelligence. I see in the future us having an AR avatar who can easily be accessed and kind of give context or solutions in real time with knowledge that can provide like input. And of course, I say all that with uh, the big thing with AI is where is it getting that information? So as long as that input is coming from a credible source, I feel like that's a huge asset for future trends. And when it comes to machine learning, I think it's also very exciting. Having training that can be personalized specifically to an individual's like learning style and their progress, I think it's huge. So you take a training and the computer knows or the machine knows like, hey, you learn this way and based on past tests and past knowledge, we can tailor this training to help you specifically learn what you need to for your own safety. I think the future looks very interesting when it comes to training and those things. 
It's a whole new world for sure. And it's great to see that there are so many companies that are jumping in on this and making those changes and embracing that technology. And you're a big part of that, making that happen. So thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Before we close out, is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, Yeah, I think based on just what we've talked about here, you can tell that we love developing training. Our team has been doing this for a long time. We're very focused on the safety of our clients' employees, on creating content that works for our clients. And that's really what we're going to continue to do. We have given our team the ability to continue to do research and to take on projects like Malango just talked about with AR and VR. And we're going to continue to do that because we see so much value in it. And we want to be really the company that can offer you those advanced and creative and impactful training and content solutions that you need when you need them. So that's what we're going to keep doing. And we're just so happy to continue to do that for our customers. Thanks, Sean. I definitely agree with you there. And thank you both for all of your insight when it comes to ways to make training more accessible, ways to make these trainings stick, how we can use trainings in conjunction with technology to make sure that they're going to be effective and giving some insight into how leadership can see some ROI and and why these training programs are so important. So thanks again, Sean and Malango. It was great to have you and great to hear your insight. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Safety Meeting, KPA's podcast that makes you smarter about current trends and best practices in workforce safety. If you like what you're hearing, please consider following the show and leaving a rating or review. It helps other listeners like you find us. Stay safe out there.